welcome back to the show. This is episode number 13 and we have got an incredible show lined up for you today because we're going to be talking all things Death Watch. We're going to be covering the new Codex supplement that is just dropped. We're going to look at some of the combinations and how powerful this army might come to pass or come to be should I say um, over you know the next sort of few months and it's gonna be really interesting to see how these tricks and combinations are all going to stack in you know some of the things to look out for some of the things to watch and also consider if you're building a death watch army along with maybe some of the ways that you can outplay and beat the death death watch as well obviously this is mine and Jack's first impressions and I'm joined by Jack so how are you doing Jack? Steve, I'm all good. I'm excited to talk about the Death Watch. It's looking like a great uh, codex supplement, and uh, you know, I think it hit that, hit the ball out of the park with this one. When they said Death Watch are getting a new codex soon, I never imagined it would be this good. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's it's really interesting on the on the first couple of reads. There's a lot of depth to it, isn't there? Yeah, there's just so much um, sort of combinations that I'm already sort of spotting. So. Jack, I'm going to hand this show over to you, mate. You can okay. be the interviewer today, um, and I'm going to put myself in the hot seat as I've spent a long time reading through these codexes. Now, bear in mind, guys, I may miss a couple of things. Um, I might be incorrect, as obviously it's a brand new book. Um, however, I won't be looking to try and cheat the system in any way, and I'll always kind of bring in my thoughts as to maybe some of the intent on some of this stuff as well, because there are a couple of things missing which I will cover. Uh, but yeah, Jack, over to you, mate. Okay, all right. Let's start from the beginning. Death Watch has a special place in the, the VT hard, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, just a little bit. Um, just a little bit, I suppose. This was kind of before um, people really knew me as like a Blood Angel player. Um, Death Watch was the first ever army in which I kind of, um, well, not my first army, but... It was the army that got me back into the hobby, um, back during um, 7th edition, um, very late end 7th, and we really started playing in 8th, and it was a Death Watch app that I found on my phone that I started playing. Um, I was doing a lot of my bodybuilding prep, and I was spending endless and endless and endless amounts of time on my uh, treadmill to try and obviously lose body fat for the shows, and I just grabbed the app, started playing it, and then all of a sudden I was hooked back in Warhammer again. So... Um, for me, Death Watch was the army that got me back into the game. And then also, um, I went to a tournament in which I launched the VT YouTube channel off, basically, didn't I? And it was with my Death Watch army. Yeah, and uh, if anyone's wondering who's responsible for the uh, the, van the veterans, the, the kill teams with Storm Bolters and Storm Shields, this is the man. Uh, yeah, I think I started Good. a movement. <laughs> they popped up everywhere after that live stream on the uh, at the GW, uh, GW, didn't they? Yeah, because I had three units at the time. I had a, a Crass Knight, I had a, um, some Guard, um, and then I had yeah three units of ten kill teams, all with Stormbolt Storm Shields, um, and I was playing against a good friend, Lawrence Baker, from obviously Tabletop Tactics, so big shout out to him. We had a fantastic game on the live stream, and I can remember the commentators at one point in the game, um, Lawrence had moved his Talos in his movement phase, but I'd positioned them in such a range where I could use a stratagem in which I could shoot him in my, or in his turn. And uh, the, the guys at the stream were like, 
I'm not sure. I think we're back into Steve's shooting phase for some reason. <laughs> they had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and then I think they even said, I think Death Watch sales are going to be skyrocketing, skyrocketing after uh, this game. So, um, yeah, it, that was oh. kind of how it, I think, kicked off really for me. Yeah, I was, I was sat at home and it was a very enjoyable game to watch that one. It uh, really enjoyed it and uh, it put Death Watch on the map. So kudos to you on that. So, so um, yeah, so why choose Death Watch? You know, you, there's, there's lots of talk about Space Marines and, and and that and they're very strong. But what kind of play style and um, abilities that make them unique and, and what would make you think about Death Watch's the the, the chapter for me i mean first of all the aesthetic is incredible just like black armor the shiny silver um shoulder pad and obviously each one what i liked about it was um you know i suppose every it was like the chapter's best warriors went to the death watch so there was kind of that appeal to it for me so from a sort of aesthetics um even law may i may i go that far um throw that word out there uh, kind of really appealed to me um but in terms of why are they unique well Obviously now um, they get full access, or I'm going to say pretty much full access, to the entire Space Marine book, in which they didn't before. They were very limited, but now it's like the doors have massively opened up. But the, the biggest thing that they get, which I think is very different um, compared to all other Space Marine chapters, is, you know, probably four key things. The first one is their mission tactic, in which... It's kind of like their super doctrine. They can choose what doctrine they want to be in when they want to be in it. Yeah, and there's some limitations about how many times you can use each one, isn't there? Yeah, so the skill level required for that is brilliant. Um, absolutely love that. So that's number one. Number two is that they can form kill teams. Now, a kill team is a mixed unit. So rather than just having intercessors and rather than just having Vanguard veterans, you can amalgamate a unit to have things like your veterans in, a Terminator, a Vanguard vet, and a bike in, and in lots of different combinations, which we're going to cover. So that was really, really unique, and they can kind of uh, buff each other up a little bit, or you can rely on certain things from that unit to do certain job roles for you. So they're a very elite-based Space Marine Army, if you could get more elite. Uh, but that's, ex that's certainly what they are, is the elite of the elite. Um, and then the next thing that they get is, um, and this has kind of been toned down a lot, I would say, probably because of Storm Bolters and the spam that uh, was so powerful <laughs> with them. Um, and also now with, obviously, the like doctrines that have come out, um, it, it would have got a little... And then also the Bolter Discipline as well. Um, you know, a few things have happened since the time when I was spamming Storm Bolters. Uh, and this is with Special Issue Ammunition, where you've got four options to pick from, um, and each of those can buff your weapon in a, in a different sort of way for whatever scenario you're in. Um, so that's the third thing. And then the, the last one is that the Death Watch as a whole... Have got a really unique element where they're extremely good at killing Xenos, so they've got some very cool anti-Xenos um, stratagems. Like in many books and codexes, there is like that kind of that random stratagem in there, like when facing orcs or when facing iron hands, you get this ability. But the Death Watch have something against Tau, they have something against Nids, they have something against Eldar, Orcs. So all the Xenos, they have an answer to it, um, which actually, when you're thinking about a tournament, um, and as we go over, I think, the next 12 months and as new codexes come out, we will see a lot more varied lists than just Marines. And I think all of a sudden, if you're at a six-round event, you could be looking at three 
you know, you could be up against three Xenos factions, you could be up against a Chaos in an Imperium. So in those Xenos matches, you're going to have an answer to some of those um, problems that you might find yourself in. So I really, they're kind of, I, th I think, I would say is the main aspects, wouldn't you? No, yeah, definitely. And um, the one thing that we've only kind of scratched the surface with is the access now to the Space Marine Codex and all the options that, that brings. Um, there's going to be lots of interesting builds that will come from that. And hopefully there'll be lots of variety in competitive lists as well that, that, that will enable for Deathwatch players and allow them to mix up their list rather than having... I think it's fair to say before it was, it was quite um, limited your options, as you said, in terms of the overall army. So hopefully that will keep it nice and fresh for you Deathwatch players out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, the options now are just endless. Like there are just so many possibilities in. I've already found some ridiculous combos, which we can sort of, you know, it's one of those things. Of it. I'm in that stage of the game where I'm looking at it like this could work. And then it's a case of picking a theme, going with it, and then building around it. So uh, we can sort of dive into some of those later. Yeah, I think you, I think um, the impression is you can have a lot of fun if you like list building with, with this book, uh, because there's so many different options you can look at and themes and you know strategies that you could employ. I think you'll have great fun in that list building stage, finding your feet. No, yeah, absolutely agree. Okay, great. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about in a bit more detail is is actually the kill teams. Um, you know, if people are not familiar with Death Watch, what is a kill team? How do you how do you make them? Okay, so kill teams are kind of they can come about in a couple of different ways. Um, so you've got the kill team where I mentioned earlier, where you can take a mixed unit, and there are different types in which you can take, and and they've kind of created sort of themes for your kill teams. So there are four main kill teams. Um, I might pronounce some of these incorrectly, so I'm not going to worry too much about the specific <laughs> names. I'm going to give you the, the overall perspective. So you've got one kill team, which is your Deathwatch veterans, like your old school Marines, right? Your Deathwatch veterans, Terminators, a biker, and a Vanguard veteran. Now, each of these kill teams um, all share the same keywords, so they've done a really good job at tightening a lot of those things up. Um, so, for example, they all become infantry, and they all get the core keyword and they all get the troop keyword as well. So they're basically all obsec and um, they they have those, um, you know, the Imperium, Adeptus Astartes, Deathwatch keywords. Um, so, yeah, they've got a great amount of sort of utility in this as well. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those things in which you can take your sort of five main core bodies so this is the death watch veterans for example in this kill team and then you can add any of the five following so this is a death watch biker um, a terminator a vanguard vet and you could do five five vets and five terminators you could do one of each you could go up to ten you could only take seven i mean you've got so many different options here um, so that's the first one. The next one is called the Fortis Kill Team, um, and this is basically intercessors. They're your core, which, which you then have to take five of, and then you can add in any um, assault intercessors, outriders, hellblasters. Um, the next one is like your kind of gravis armor. So this is your five heavy intercessors as your base. You then can add in any amount of either aggressors, inceptors, or eradicators. And then the final one, which is your spectorus, um, which is the... Uh, infiltrators are your base and then you've got incursors reavers and eliminators as the options for upgrades there yeah no so it's i, I really like it i think that the new model line in in particular has helped death watch out 
uh, immensely. Um, you know, with the eliminators, outriders, eradicators, inceptors, all looking good, and you can form them into these teams. Um, so, I'll ask you a pointed question here. So, because these are troop choices, therefore, and you can add outriders and say eliminators and eradicators into these kill teams. Do you think there could be initial spamming of these units and these models, which weren't initially intended? Um, well, I don't think it would ever take it to the point where it'd be ridiculous because if we look at each of the kill teams, um, so the first one, for example, is your Vanguard Vets, Bikers and Terminators. So you could take all those into five or, you know, 10 man units pretty much. Um, the, the kill team with the Outriders in, the Fortis ones with the, what's a normal squad size? Three, right? Three, so so the maximum you can take is five. You can't take any upgrades on any of them. Um, so I don't know if it will be broken. Outriders, I would say, are, are okay. Um, I wouldn't say they're incredible. Um, but, you know, three maybe don't do much. Maybe five do something now. Which, and again, because you're not putting them in um, like a very specific chapter like Blood Angels, which are ridiculous in combat, or White Scars... The the Death Watch don't have that same playstyle, so yes, you can take up to five, but three Blood Angel ones are probably still more powerful than five um, just regular Death Watch ones. By the time you've put all the combat stacks, no, on that's it. that's um, I haven't thought of it that way actually. But you're right, completely right. If if they were Blood Angels or a White Scar uh, Outrider, they become they become very very strong, um, but. But with based on their chapter tactics and access to stratagems, etc. So no, I feel from from your answer just there a lot more comfortable about seeing potentially fifteen outriders on the table, because they're not the chapter tactics don't really lean in to improve them beyond their base stat line, which is a good stat line, but it's easily dealable. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes their guns a little bit better. Um, in certain instances, obviously, like Death Watch are one of those armies that they want to fight in all phases of the game, probably more than a lot of other builds. Uh, they certainly shoot a lot more than my Blood Angels, but they don't hit as hard in combat. Yeah. Um, same with Eradicators, Inceptors, Aggressors. You could take all of those into five, six-man units anyway. And then Eliminators, well, it's not like Eliminators are breaking the game at the moment, so just squeezing in another two Eliminators into a squad, I don't think is... Um, like, I, I wouldn't even, if we would have saw GW come out and say, okay, guys, you can take six Eliminators, I think that's actually more balance than taking six Eradicators that can double fire. Yeah. I would be buying all the Eliminators if that was the case, because I'd love them, as you well know. Um, they're just one of my favourite models, and I love a sniper rifle. But no, it's, uh, I think I agree with all that. Um, so that's good. So, when obviously, the kill team presents a lot of options and uh, I can imagine it's quite easy just to spend all your points on some of these really expensive kill teams. Have you got any general advice about when you're forming a kill team, like the general considerations and, you know, how many points you want to spend on these things and, you know, it's important to think about their role on the tabletop, isn't it? Yeah, and I think one thing we um, we forgot to cover at the very start of this was uh, their, the Death Watch's unique ability, which is Xenos Hunters. Um, so they basically get to reroll hits of one against Xenos, and then they can also select a force organization slot, and you can reroll ones against that um, type. So let's say you rock up to the table, Jack, and you've got loads of, um, I don't know, 
intercessors troops. or yeah. troops, right, whatever. So I can go, cool, all day long, I'm going to pick troops and I'm basically, I've got an inbuilt lieutenant into every single one of my squads whilst I am fighting against that force organisation, whether I'm shooting or combat. Now, we can take kill teams one step further. So I think you need to consider the upgrades that you can make to a kill team before you start to look at a build of a kill team. So the first, um, or how the upgrades work, is that you can pick these once only. And a little bit like you can with like the Master Apothecary and all that lot, you can spend, I think, 25 or 35 points, depending on which one it is, and add that to your kill team ability so you can kind of stack your um, this upgrade onto a kill team and how it works is they get to depending on which one it is and i think there's five different choices you have um you, oh sorry let me rephrase it you've got one two three four five six different choices um each of these have an inbuilt reroll one against a certain type so for example is that, sorry is that reroll ones to wound is it Yes, it is. Did I say hit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I no, you wound. just said reroll ones. Yeah. Okay, to wound. Yeah. yeah, to wound. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've got that ability, um, which is, um, you know, so let's say you're army-wide, you're going against troops, right? But then your kill teams can have these little upgrades of 25 points, and then each of these can be designated against another type. So um, one of them, for example, is reroll ones against elites, okay? But if you have happened to have selected the Xenos Hunter chapter trait to, against that opponent, re-roll elites of one, then actually the unit that can do it because you've spent the upgrade now re-rolls all wounds against elites. So it's kind of, because it's doubled up, you get re-roll all wounds. That's a spicy meatball. That is a spicy meatball, mate. Yeah, you are right there. So my, the... I'm still undecided on them, if I'm if I'm being brutally honest. It, at first, I thought, wow, this is strong. But when you start to look at, you know, if you're going to take four to five squads of kill teams, and then all of a sudden you're going to upgrade all of these, that's an extra 100, 120 points you're spending yeah. just to get re-rolls that might be situational. So this is where a, um, a player that has played the Death Watch a lot, and I'm talking 10 to 20 repetitions at least, um, and this is going to be something that I'm going to be using with our guys in our academy with the spreadsheets that I've created for them so that they can really start to look at how often are these things actually coming up so that the most skilled generals with the Death Watch are going to know exactly how they want their kill teams to be specialized um, along with which type of kill team they want it to be associated with. Um, so oh, cool. I think it's going to be really unique. But getting back to your original question about creating a kill team. So in terms of... Um, you know, let's think about the, each of these four kind of kill teams. You've got the first kill team with the Vanguard Vets, Terminators in, etc. The biggest option that they get is Storm Shields, so they can become quite durable. And also they can take lots of Thunder Hammers, whether on Vanguard Vets or the Death Watch Veterans or the Terminators. So you could have a really hard-hitting combat unit with like the kind of old-school Marines. Um, and then the bike can give you a bit of extra movement. So again, you might want to use one or two bikes. Um, you also, because your Death Watch, get access to the Corvus Black Star, and this is the only unit that can go in the Corvus Black Star, and that has a model capacity of 12, I believe. But it can take bikers, Terminators, Vanguard Vets, etc. So this is an option which 
is going to be something that I'm going to look at playing because there's some incredible stratagems for the Corvus um, to really deliver this combat hard-hitting unit. So that's the kind of way that I would be thinking about building this out. Um, that being said, you could easily take you know a unit of 10. You can take five of the veterans, give them the heavy stalkers, um, which are a little bit you know, sort of like a better upgraded bolter which gets the special issue ammunition and then takes the um, five bikes with them as well so then all of a sudden you've got fast moving um, objective secured bikes again like you said with the because um, they've got the core keyword and all that good stuff so um, yeah I think they're certainly using the ability to combat squad with this unit and they have they gw done a great job actually saying look if you have five troops and you've combat sorry you've got a unit of 10 you know you've combat squad down into five and you've then got five terminators well the terminators because the entire unit is terminators can go in deep strike okay nice yeah so they've got some good abilities there so if we look at the fortis one it's literally exactly the same but to be honest, the only good options in this one are your intercessors, obviously, because they get great um, damage output from their whatever rifle you want to pick. Um, and then obviously outriders, you could take that five man unit of outriders, which could be useful because then the five intercessors can do actions for you, um, which you desperately need in this style list. So your outriders can go clear units off objectives um, whilst your intercessors stay in the backfield do objectives um, do some actions for you or whatnot so that's another way you could build out that kill team the next one the indomitor this is probably my favorite um i love gravis so <laughs> being able to take um a unit like this is incredible and i'm probably going to try and squeeze in two units of these in some sort of different capacities um, i still love aggressors I love the heavy intercessors and I think um, just adding in an inceptor can unlock certain abilities through the use of stratagems. And then I also really, really like the Spectorus kill team. So um, I'm probably going to be taking one of each of these, I think, um, as a sort of as a core and then maybe throw in one other flavor of which I sort of prefer the most because I think that will give me some really nice sort of tactical flexibility. Um, I really like the look of the Spectorus kill team with the Infiltrators, the Incursors, the Reaver, and the Eliminator. Now, the only reason why I like the Reaver option is obviously because if you have him, you can turn off other people's um, objective secured keyword, which means that your kill teams nice. now are going to be really effective. Only problem with this is obviously he does not have, as a Reaver, the ability to infiltrate. Oh, that's, that's a shame, isn't it? So oh. you're in... You, you, your infiltrators in curses and eliminators can, but then he can't. So it's a bit odd that he would have to, um, you either take five of them and put them in sort of their outflank or deep strike, whatever it is. Um, but because he doesn't have the infiltrator, he can't infiltrate with the rest of the unit, which is exactly what you want him to be doing, right? Is infiltrating and turning yeah. off people's obsecs. Well, that's a shame. But um, no, there's definitely some interesting choices in there. I like... You know, going back to the, you know, um, the upgrading a unit to to deal with a certain function. So it could be right. I'm going to build a kill team that's going to kill tanks. So it's going to be upgraded to deal with heavy support, for example. And then you could kit out certainly to do with that to, to, do, to fulfill a certain role. Um, I, I like the sound of the Gravis kill teams and the um, the Phobos kill teams working together. That would be, I think, that'd be a nice looking army as well. 
Yeah, and I think what you can do there is start to look at that and go, cool, well, the eradicators, um, five of those, brilliant. Just put those in with the five heavy intercessors, re-roll all wounds against, like you said, heavy support or titans, whatever. That That's yeah. an easy choice there. Um, the eliminator one, that's worth upgrading, re-roll all wounds against characters. Because then you're hitting on twos, re-rolling yeah. all wounds against you know those key characters that you need to get rid of. Brilliant. You can't put a character out in the open if you've got that sort of... Um, no, you know, punch. It, that threat on the board. Yeah. But again, it's all down to balance, isn't it? Because you could easily just run out of points with, with bells and whistles and not have enough guys on the ground to do the jobs that you need to do. So it's, it's going to be interesting want it to get that right balance in the overall list build. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing these guys on the tabletop. Yeah, and also there's so many other ways to get reroll wounds in this list that you don't necessarily need yeah yeah which will which we'll, we'll touch on in the in the next couple of sections won't we yeah so yeah yeah that, that's a kind of a good overall summary of what kill teams are and how they kind of work um so let's move in a bit more of the detail it's um what are the warlord traits looking like what are your top picks there steve too many too many picks um <laughs> yeah the Warlord traits are ridiculous for the Death Watch. Um, and there is one in particular that is an absolute standout for me. Um, so again, you've got some really nice... Um, what I think GW have done here is... Where I felt like GW punished me because of the Blood Angel stuff. I feel like they've given me a lot now with the Warlord traits. Because all of these Warlord traits buff units. Pretty much anyway. And I love buffing units rather than like I, I don't use smash characters and stuff like that um you know i love warlord traits that can really leverage um you know my army so i mean i'm going to run through them all because they're all incredible the first one you pick a battle type um, or a force orc type and you reroll ones against it okay now this is very good because obviously let's say you've gone for that troop option and you're like oh well i really need to reroll ones against elites then you can select that one unit so of your units and then they can reroll ones elites against elites against it. Now, this does not stack with your specialism. So if you upgraded to be that reroll all wounds against elites, these do not stack that I'm aware of because, and I think some people will think they will stack, but they, words is written, I'll, do not. I'll to trigger the full reroll to, to wound. Yes, if it did, okay, I think yeah. that's an auto include. Yeah, that would be that sounds pretty pretty strong. So, um, and can you change that every turn, or is that you, you, is it fixed, or can you go in your command phase, elites next turn, heavy support, and pick a unit that is it yeah. flexible like that? It is, yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Next one, right? This it. The next one is again. Actually, the next one I'm going to stave till the end is my favourite. Um, so the one after this um, that I'm going to cover is basically it's an aura and you do not get cover against any core units within six of this warlord. That's great. Well, in your Death Watch-like bolt guns and small arms, it leans in very well with that. Yep, you've basically turned your army into an Imperial Fist army. Yep, beautiful. Um, just turn off their like, cover. At the it, cost it, of one warlord trait. Yeah, it's the cover saving throw, though, so it doesn't turn off dents or anything like that. Ah, okay. But still, very, very strong. Yeah. The next one, again, an aura. 
um, you can do actions and still make ranged attacks, which is so good for the Death Watch because they lack, you know, multiple amounts of units. Yeah, that's, that's big. When you've got these big expensive kill teams, the last thing you want to do is waste the shooting phase when they're trying to raise a banner. So they say it's an aura as well. Yeah. So with careful positioning, you could have two units putting up two banners while still shooting. If you can get your coherency working and your model position right, it's uh, very strong. Yep, absolutely. Um, then the next one is you can take two, you can take a relic and then take an additional relic. One of the like digital weapons, master crafted weapons and stuff, which there's probably some clutch little combos there, but I haven't really looked into that too much because it doesn't really buff much of the rest of the army. Um, and then the next one after that is basically you can, you kind of get the old school, no, they shall know no fear back. Um, and also, you know, in your command phase, select one friendly core unit and you gain OPSEC, which again is okay. Um, and if you already have it, then you count as double. So now your kill teams are going to count as double the amount of models for OPSEC, which again is good. Um, and that's, that's aura as well. So you've got an aura and then also select one. That's a two part warlord trait. But my favorite one is called the Paragon of their chapter. Now, as I said earlier, each of these Death Watch um, characters have come from a founding chapter. So what you can do is look at the Warlord traits in the Space Marine Codex and pick one of those. So you can't pick one from, you know, one of the, let's say, Raven Guard supplement codexes, but you can just take the Raven Guard one that is in the Space Marine Codex. And there are some incredible standouts for me that I can see working with the sort of tricksy nature of the Death Watch. Uh, so shall I run through some of my top combos with these? Yeah, let's go for it. So the first one is the Dark Angels, where you can, obviously, normally it rolls back, right? So if you're in Tactical, you can put a unit in Devastator. Yep. And if you're in Assault, you can roll back to Tactical. So this is really cool when you can, if you've only got that one unit, that is you know, going to get any leverage out of the heavy doctrine or the devastator doctrine and you want to start in tactical, then okay, cool, I'll pop this on and then I'll just roll back to that one friendly unit that I want to put in devastator doctrine. Cool. Nice, nice. So you can do some nice little tricky things there. Um, the next one I like is the Raven Guard one. This is probably the trickiest of them. One of the biggest problems is a delivery system, in my opinion, for the Watchmaster. Um, and because he's quite static and the rest of the army can deep strike or redeploy, the Raven Guard one allows him to take off the table and then come back on again in the next turn. So you can put him exactly kind of um, where you want him to be. Um, and then obviously when you get to your next turn, you can do your command bits and bobs. So there could be some elements there which, you know, become really, really useful um, with him or any auras that just are in play automatically. So any aura based things are going to work really well with him. You wouldn't be able to do the selector unit, but you'd be able to get your reroll ones because that's an aura. So you'd have to think very carefully about it. Or maybe you want to transport a... Um, uh, your apothecary somewhere else on the table to pick up another unit. You could definitely do that. And there's also a strategy. Or a librarian. Yes, a librarian. Um, so there's, yeah, you know, you want that null zone in a specific place, not a problem. Blip him over. So, that yeah. sounds good. Um, the other one I like is also the Imperial Fist one. Uh, the Death Watch kind of want to take cover and they want to sit in cover, you know, really upgrade their 
armor um, and get the benefits of cover whilst holding those objectives. And then obviously you can minus minus, or you can ignore minus one AP. So it's gonna make your elite units a lot more survivable. So I think for me, they're the warlord traits that I'd be looking to take. Um, and there's a really nice stratagem which allows you to double up on warlord traits uh, once you've picked your warlord. So actually you can take what, four warlord traits? Because uh, yep. you can um, take your free one, pick the extra two, and then you can double stack on another character. And then obviously you've got the classic selfless healer as well. You've got the other warlord trait which you could still get access to, which is... Um, so there's all the ones up yeah, I've had the Space Marine book now. It's, you've got all the access to those Warlord traits as well for your for your Chapter Command guys. If you're looking to bring them, like the Apothecary or the Chaplain or the Librarian, you could look to get, give those guys Warlord traits as well as not just the Death Watch tree. Yep, absolutely. Which is which will be the same for for the relics and psychic powers and stratagems as well. Yeah. Ah, cool. That was, that was a nice summary of the Warlord traits. So again, let's move on to to the relics. Uh, I've, I've had a look at those, and there is uh, there's some very good ones. Some I'm quite scared of uh, coming up against. Um, on, on a touch on one that I uh, I'm worried about is the Dominus Aegis for the, the five plus Invan bubble. That seems very good, um, and uh, I'm not sure I'm quite going to kind of come up with a strategy to deal with that if there's uh, people with lots of uh, kill teams on the table. Yeah, all of a sudden, if you've got heavy intercessors and eradicators with a 5-plus and vulnerable save, just makes them a lot harder to shift, right? So this is a relic where you have to put this on, and I just looked at the wording, basically a storm shield or one of the new Indomitus shields, um, but you can also put it on a... Because there's been a bit of a debate, is do, do you take a chapter master or do you take a watch master? Because a watch master unlocks a few cool stratagems for you. Um, but he can't take a shield, but who can is a chapter champion. Okay, nice. He can take the old combat shield, and that can be upgraded to the uh, Dominus Aegis, which is nice. That's cool. Yeah, so that's, I think that was my uh, my favourite one in there. Um, but uh, my second is actually the, the Tome of Ectoclade, so that seems very strong as well. Yeah, so the Tome of Eclades is basically you pick a, it's once per game only, um, you pick a Force Org, and then for the rest of your turn, units within six, reroll all wounds against it. Um, data sheet. Sorry, a data, a data sheet, sheet, yeah. A data so sheet, it's, yeah. A little, it's a little bit more specific, but in certain matchups, if someone's looking to spam something, bang, you pick out that data sheet, and then you you got the reroll wounds aura. That's, uh, I think, it won't come up in every game, but in certain games, that's going to be absolutely clutch. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking Seal of Oath in the um, uh, Ultramans Ultra, list. Ultras, yeah. And you have to declare that unit pre-game, or like kind of just after deployment. Um, and once that unit is dead, that's it. Whereas I could say, cool, for the rest of this turn, I'm going to pick Necron Warriors. So it doesn't matter what mm -hmm. Necron Warrior unit I'm shooting at, I'm just re-rolling wounds against it. Or I could go, cool, I'm going to pick that Knight, that you know, Knight Castellan, and now all my Eradicators are re-rolling wounds against it, and then the rest of my army's re-rolling wounds against it for that turn. So there's so many cool options because it is data sheet. Um, yeah, great, fantastic. I think that's a really nice utility that, if, if I'm honest, every single Death Watch player needs to be taking that relic. And then the third relic, which I think is also a no-brainer to take, is one I used to absolutely love in 
the previous book, which is the Beacon and Jealous. Um, and you can basically redeploy an infantry or bike unit. Um, you have to redeploy within six and also nine inches away. They, there is one slight change. You cannot do this in the same turn that you came down from reserves, which you could before. So you could bring down a, you know, a captain with a jump pack and then you could redeploy a unit to him. You can't do that anymore. So it has to be in different turns. But uh, so, go on. What you say? So, so the the unit that so the character's got the relic and it's got to be a unit within six inches of him that, that he picks up. Is that correct? No. So it is. Um, it's not like the veil of darkness. Okay. So once per battle, if the bearer did not arrive as reinforcements this turn, it can activate the beacon. In the reinforcement step of your movement phase, you can select one friendly Deathwatch infantry or Deathwatch biker unit that is either on the battlefield and did not arrive as reinforcement this turn um, on the battlefield in the, uh, or is in teleportarium chamber or is in strategic reserve. Remove that unit. So basically any unit that's already on the table. So you could just literally yeah. hide a unit in your backfield and you can bring this unit over to wherever you want it to be. Cool. So yeah, that's that's still good. Very strong. I like it. It's a nice little trick. But yeah, you move it to the position of your chaplain on bike who can move 20 inches. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Just a little sneak peek of some of your top tricks and combos out. That's definitely going to be one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is, is there any other relics you, you want to stand out to you there, Steve? I mean, there's one, but you get plus one against fly keyword plus one to hit against fly keyword which is okay but they're never gonna take away from those top three no no it's uh i think it's nice to have i think that the fly word is not so probably not so prevalent uh these days at the moment that's probably down to you know the general meta of the armies that are being that are coming from the tabletop marine like for example marines don't have a great deal of fly across the army but if eldar were, were, were red hot then that would be a very good relic yeah no i agree completely all right cool so um the psychic powers oh man these things are good yeah so the i mean the psychic powers in the space ring book are great anyway um and then there, there is a combination I've come up with, which I think is ludicrous, but it does require taking two librarians. Um, but their powers, obviously, you get the six extra powers. They're all okay. There are some incredible ones, though, which um, I'm going to go over. I, I'm not going to talk about anything that just does mortal wounds, because we've seen this kind of stuff before. It's not really yeah, unique. It's... Yeah, it's 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 very vanilla, isn't it? It's it's a nice to have as an option, but um, they're certainly not the uh, the ones you're going to take. I don't think. Yeah, there. I mean, there's five here that are pretty decent. Um, one of them is you basically select one of your friendly Deathwatch units. You can Overwatch on fives. Um, you can um, fight. You fight first as well, and also you add one to the attacks hit roll. So yeah, you can really buff up one of your units, which is great. <laughs> That's one power with three different abilities that comes with it. It's cracking, and it goes off in a six. Ah, that's reasonable. Yeah. So uh, yeah, real good for that one. Um, <laughs> the next one is another blessing, um, and you basically select one infantry or death watch biker unit with an eighteen, and um, you basically get a five plus feel no pain. Like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. What's the cast on? A six. 
Again, though, it's very reasonable power. But <laughs> so sorry, that's just one unit. Yeah. Okay, that's not too bad. That's just like catalyst for bids. It's it's obviously very good, but um, it's been in the game a while. It's uh, that, sh that should be a uh, fairly manageable to deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's going to be strong. It's going to be good. That one with my heavy intercessor <laughs> spam list with all five plus no pain and the five plus incredible save. Happy days. Yeah. Um, so I really like that one. And then the next one is um, is this one's okay. But you basically, within 18, you pick an enemy unit and you you minus one from their attacks characteristics. Um, and also, they have to declare against, if they're going to make a charge, it has to be the closest enemy unit of them. So you just put forward your, oh, I've got this little cheap unit of servitors in my list. Put them at front. Cool. You have to charge oh, them now. Hold on. Hold on. So you can cast the power to fight first. And then you can cast the power that you have to charge the unit that fights first. No, you have to you have to charge a unit that is the closest enemy. So it says each time a charge is declared for yeah. that unit, uh, only yeah, so... the closest enemy unit can be selected as the target of that charge. So, but then the, the first power that makes you fight first. Yeah. Would you fight before the charger? No, because I think fight first is still after the first. The charger unit still gets to fight first. Okay, fine. Yeah, because that would be horrendously broken against if you're going against a uh, combat army that doesn't have any, any shooting that you could do those two powers together. That would be uh, pretty nasty. But now again, it, on, regardless of that little that little combo, it's the the very strong powers. Well, one thing um, that obviously now with the charge phase, you can't go within an inch right of a unit that you didn't declare. Yeah. So. What you can do is intermingle your squads so that if an enemy wants to charge one of them, they have to charge both because they wouldn't be able to get outside of an inch of either. Do you, do you not? Do you see where I'm going with this? So what you yeah, can do is I, cast I, the I, power and then the knight couldn't even charge? Yeah, I think it would be situational on A, the size of your model base and B, the, the charging model's base, isn't it? I do remember this because I remember we had that game and I played my orcs in that October and I tried to charge them with your death watch and it didn't go too well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, of that stratagem um, they've got has been a little bit toned down, you'll be pleased yeah. to know, but still. No, um, I've seen it and I think it's got better, but. Really? Okay. Well, okay. But we'll move on to that into the minute. Is there any more powers that uh, I mean, that's standing all... out? Yeah, so um, you can just turn off another character's auras pretty handy um what's the range what's the range of that one so this one's 18 you reduce it by okay you reduce it by three um and if if you cast it on greater than the character's leadership characteristic then it turns it off it's you... obviously a very strong power but your librarian is danger close then yeah so it's uh, potentially a trade-off that you turn off an aura of your opponent for a turn, but then your librarian gets picked up. So, no, that's okay. But it's not the best one. And this next one is <laughs> the best one. The Mantle of the Shadow. And it goes off... Um, you, you put it on an infantry unit, Death Watch infantry unit, within 12 of your caster. goes off on a 6. And until the start of your next psychic phase, if that unit does not shoot or declare a charge, enemy models can target... Or sorry, cannot target that unit with ranged attacks unless they are within 12 
or it is the closest eligible unit? Um, okay, that's uh, that does sound that sounds quite tasty. I'll ask you. I'll ask you what I think is probably now a stupid question. It, do you think a librarian is a must take for a death watch? Yes. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, <laughs> that. Uh, when I read those powers, I, I looked at it. And go, you need librarian. You and need librarian. Yeah. You, you may need more than one librarian. You may. Um, need I to. feel it, there's going to be a fight, a real fight for the HQ slots. Um, if you're not, unless you're, you might have to start considering opening up um, uh, additional uh, atta- detachments, mightn't you? Yeah, I Potentially. mean, yeah, you're right. The, the only th- you don't need a you don't need a lieutenant for a start because you get those built in. No, but you know, just just going from what we discussed here, you got your librarian that you may want one or two, the chaplain on the bike potentially, um, maybe a, a captain, chapter master or watchmaster. Um, so uh, there is good competition in those spaces, isn't there? Yeah, no, they're really, um, there is, like you said, some really good competition for them. So you might want to, like you said, open up another patrol, which is easy to do with Death Watch, right? Because your whole army's troops anyway, so it's just going to cost you those yeah. extra two CPs. Which, to, to be fair, is not much of a tax at all when you're with the amount of CP that in the game now. No, because that's the great thing about Death Watch now. They are getting so much more CP than they've ever had before. Yeah. Okay, well, after uh, I've just got to recover for a second from those psychic powers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll, move on to, we'll move on to stratagems. And let's, let's talk about the Orcon first. So I think it's now a lot better than it used to be. Okay. Why do you because think that? Should I tell you what it used to be? You, yeah, tell us what it used to be. So for every model in Overwatch you killed, you removed an inch off? For one unit? Of a unit, yeah. And, and what's it changed to? So now it is... Now bear in mind, I've had I've played against Orc armies where they were two inches away and I made them fail a charge by yeah, removing chump. like nine models, the right? Chump, the chump over here. Oh yeah. My. <laughs> So now it is, the Death Watch units that were selected as a target of this charge can fire Overwatch at that Orc unit until the end of the phase. If any models from that Orc unit are destroyed, the result is Overwatch, subtract two. So that's all Orc charges on any Death Watch unit. Is that how I read that? No, it's of that Orc unit. So you you can only take two inches off an orc unit. Okay, if that's the case, then it's it's pretty garbage. Well, but it it, it's two it does CPs. stop. Yeah, go on. What are you gonna say? To be fair, what it would stop is um, um, units from deep strike. It's gonna proper uh, mitigate that charge. But uh, I thought it was all orc units that declare charge in that charge phase. No, but what it does also mean is, oh, you're dead right about it. It's going to stop things like your the jump being as powerful. Yeah. Well, um, that, you know, whatever it might be. But um, it's not going to stop a Gorkonaut because obviously you have to actually kill one. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, it does mean that you can now overwatch with another unit. So you can spend one CP to overwatch normally. And then this one, two CPs, allows you to overwatch again. Okay, that makes more sense now because I thought. Because if it was just one unit minus two to charge, if you killed two, the models, 
that seems too much, but actually you're paying a CP to Overwatch, aren't you? And then it's got another CP built into it to then minus the, the range off the charge. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And it means yeah. that when you're, when you're an Orc player, you can't just do that classic, oh, well, I'll send that chaff unit in first because, oh, that's his Overwatch eating up. No problem. You send your chaff in, I'll yeah. kill it, and then I can Overwatch again. Yeah. Because actually these stratagems are... Um, you know, if you did send the first one in, there's nothing wrong with me playing this stratagem after. Yeah. Ah, so, that's, uh, okay. that's decent. Yeah, it's all right. But yeah, they've got... Shall I go over the quickly the other ones? Yeah, let's, let's go for the Xenos special, special ones. So one CP, add one attack to anything every time you fight a Xenos model. It says Tyranids, Eldar, Orc, Necrons, or Tau Empire. Do Gene Stealer Cult have the Tyranids keyword? That's my only question. I think they do. Um... Pass. Don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but I need to check that. As I was just reading that, if the Genie Sealer Cult don't have the Tyranids keyword, then obviously there's nothing in this book that is actually any good against Genie Sealer Cult, which might get FAQ'd in the future. But I'm sure they do get the Tyranids keyword anyway, because obviously that's how you soup them together, isn't it? So I'm sure they do. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is um, against Eldar. Use a strategy when you're shooting phase on a Death Watch unit from your army is selected to shoot. Until the end of that phase, each time a model from that unit makes a ranged attack against an Eldara unit, you can ignore any hit um, and ballistic skill modifiers. So, you know decent. what I find interesting about that stratagem is reference to ballistic skill modifier, which is not very common in the game at all, and it's against and it's obviously and it's in reference to Eldari. So maybe if uh, I'm going to put my tin hat on here, that. The Aldar may get a form of additional minuses to hit via ballistic skill modifiers to 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 help their survivability, which they are massively struggling with at the moment. And guys, we're going to end the podcast right there on that bombshell. <laughs> yeah, ballistic skill modifiers for Aldar, eh? So um, we might see might because it's not obviously you can only get minus one to hit, right? And we were all yeah. wondering, well, if it, if it's minus one to hit capped and you always hit on a six what's the point but now with ballistic skill modifiers maybe if you're shooting against that a latok unit maybe you count as ballistic skill four if you're a space marine and then you can also put lightning fast on them so then you're now hitting on fives yeah you know and which was fine for eldari The, the the minus two you could take on the chin it was when it was going to minus three minus four so maybe that's a way that they're looking to police it. So you go and you get down to, and, it, it, and I don't think it'll be as widespread as it was before um, as well, but uh, it, it was an interesting wording. And um, I've noticed that in this book and also in some of the stuff in the Forge World book as well, you can start to look at some of the way that they've built those those um, data sheets up and the, the wording they're using to start having a bit of a think about how that may affect your faction moving forward. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree with you there. There's another one which um, basically means that you can, um, every time you roll an unmodified hit roll of a six, it automatically wounds against a Tyranid Synapse unit. Um, whether you shoot or fight, that's one CP, that's not bad. Um, and then obviously I've already gone over the Orc one. Um, and then the Tau one, I think it's the same user strategy. It is the opponent. same, yeah. Yeah, so you can basically drop their marker lights now, which is great. How do you feel about that, being a Tau player? Um, well, it, it tells me the marker lights is the thing. So, um, 
I hate that strategy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, but you know, tower players, you've played Death Watch. What 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 you don't do is stack all your marker lights on one unit straight away, and let that strategy let that strategy take value. You 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 split your marker lights out, so there's never really um, value in your if the Death Watch player using it. It's a uh, but it's it's a great little trick, and it's just part of that fluff with the Death Watch. They've got these little counters against the different Xenos um, factions. Yeah, and then a couple of the other standout stratagems. This is where I think, or why you want to watch Master, is so you can change that Xenos Hunter chapter tactic. So again, you can only use a stratagem one, it's two CPs, and you can only use it if you've got a Watchmaster on the battlefield. But let's say you've killed all the troops that you wanted to kill, and now you need to start killing elites, you can just swap over to the elite now. Um, to get those reroll ones against it, which is cool. Um, you've then got other things like if you've got a, they've changed black shields. They don't automatically heroically to be, and you've got to spend a CP now. Um, you can get, for example, before when you made your kill team, if you had a Vanguard vet, you could fall back and shoot because you acted as if you had the fly keyword. Now, if you've got an Inceptor or a Vanguard vet for one CP, you can fall back and still shoot. If you've got a bike in your unit, you can fall back and still charge, which is cool. So that's, again, reasons why you want to have a mixed um, kill team is so that you can unlock these abilities. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people might have gripes about that being removed from a, a data sheet ability to a stratagem, but I think it is such a good step in overall balance. Um, having an army that's very effective at shooting that could all fall back and shoot is very strong. Um, and certain armies just can't deal with it. It's just you just you just you you try and tag some stuff. Like certain combat armies, like like a gene stealer cult, for example, that they're squishy. They're kind of relying on that tagging to to, to try and survive the game. But um, but I think it's a lot more fair. Like it's just controlled to one unit. It gives you more tactical decisions you have to make as a as a general there. Yeah, and you know, the Death Watch player's got more CP, so it should be fine. And the Teleportarium's still there, so in a Strike Force game, you can put two units in Teleport, which is a Death Watch Infantry or Dreadnought unit, um, or Biker unit, which is great. I mean, you used to be able to do three, but now it's two. It's not a problem because obviously there's less units on the table because the forces are not as large as they used to be. Um, and, the, your, and your and your Gravis Guild kill team's going to cost about 600 points, so you're going to have two of them. Absolutely, yeah. It's straight in, straight in the teleportarium. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but my favourite one, two CPs, and I think I'm going to use this every single turn, is called the Brotherhood of the Veterans. Use a stratagem in your command phase. Select one Death Watch unit from your army, then select one chapter tactic or successor tactic, see Codex Space Marines in brackets, until the end of your turn, models in the unit have that chapter, that chapter tactic or successor tactic instead of the Xenos Hunters. All right, decent, decent. Let that, let that sink in. Oh, you've tagged my whole army. Ultramarine, fall back and shoot. Thank you. That's It's just for one unit, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but, you know. That's I fine, put, that's fine. I could, I could put a stratagem on something else in, you know. There, you know, there's ways and means, you know. But, you no, know. yeah, obviously there's... Um, it, well, t taking a fall back and shoot thing, for example, say, say your whole army was tagged. And yeah, you need to get yourself back out of it. All of a sudden, you can use the stratagem, the Death Watch stratagem, to fall back and shoot, and then use that two CP stratagem to pick up the Ultramarine chapter tactic um, to then do it as well. If you needed to dig yourself out of that out of hole in a certain turn. And when you've only got there two you go. units, mate, that's your whole army. 
Yeah, they're happy days. Sort of. Yeah. And then that's why you need the kill team, which is maybe better in combat. So then you can fall yeah. back and charge with that one. So, yeah. um, you know, or you've got the nice ATV stratagem where you can fall back your ATVs out of combat and um, shoot. You know, there's, there's yeah, so options, you, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so you can still certainly build an army that could all fall back and shoot if you so so, wish, yeah. so wished. Or you could have that key unit, um, like I'm thinking of running, is uh, a unit in a Corvus Black style with a bike. So... You, he can go 20, two Vanguard Vets, which can then help you with your coherency, all coming out of a um, Corvus Blackstar. And then pardon, so you, get... you said Corvus Blackstar? Yeah, mate, Corvus Blackstar, yeah. What? A crazy, I know, yeah. But yeah, and then you can have <laughs> White Scars advancing in charging um, kill team pretty much with as many Thunder Hammers in Power Fists as you want, really. So uh, yeah, with a massive threat range of moving 23 inches before... Um, you know the rest you know before you charge but the reason why the Corvus is back with Vengeance is use a stratagem at the start of the first battle round select one Corvus Blackstar unit from your army until the end of the battle round that unit cannot be shot sorry cannot be selected as a target for ranged attacks unless it is the closest eligible target to the firing model Incredible. Absolutely it's, um, unreal. And to be honest, I hope that stratagems like that become more common on planes just so they become valid again. Um, you know, the Corvus Black Star is a great looking model, isn't it? It's interesting. You, you, you kind of want to run it, but before you just knew if you put it on the table, it'd get destroyed straight away. So I think that's a, gr a great stratagem. It's obviously very powerful and you can do lots of tricks that you're just discussing there with the units inside and things like that. But I think I'm hoping it's a flavor of things to come in terms of aircraft and make them more playable. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's clutch. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to try it, see how I get on with it. Um, and see how much movement I can get out of that unit. But maybe it's just a gimmick, and then actually you decide actually there's better builds. But there's another one I really like, and it's called Special Issue Loadout. Use this strategy when you're shooting phase, when you select a Death Watch infantry unit from your army to shoot. So this is obviously one of your kill teams. Until the end of that phase, bolt weapons, excluding bolt sniper rifles, so you can't use this on the old Eliminators, unfortunately. Um, nah, that sounds rubbish. <laughs> without the Special <laughs> Issue Ammunition ability, that model in the unit is equipped with it gains the special ammunition and their type becomes changed to heavy one so i'm going to use this two cps was actually going to be a four cp expenditure this turn for me i'm going to take 10 heavy veterans heavy intercessors heavy intercessor veterans yeah yeah um so they are what um the strength five minus two heavy one two damage weapons anyway um so you're not losing out on any of the um you know like number of Alpha. shots that, yeah, yeah i'm gonna put imperial fists on them so then i get exploding sixes and then i'm gonna go for the um the uh, special issue ammunition one of them allows you to add plus one damage to that attack so now they're strength five minus three because i can put them in devastator doctrine and then also be flat three damage and then this is the unit that i would probably make the kill team to be um reroll all wounds against elites so whether i'm playing against aggressor spam or blade guard 
or whatever elite option that they have. Maybe it's Custodes, whatever. Uh, most elite options in the game are, are around that sort of three wound mark, about toughness four, five, whether it's Wraith Blades. There's lots of different options. Pump that in and uh, yeah, you're going to do some work. I think 10 shots, exploding sixes, re-rolling misses. Um, and then, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be strong, I think. That's tasty. That's tasty. I think that, that segway, segues us into our tri- tips, tricks and combos. So we've kind of sprinkled a few of them throughout uh, throughout this podcast, haven't we? But um, one that I quite like is the whole uh, manipulating doctrines, which Death, Death Watch are very good at. So that their overall ability to be able to choose when doctrines are active is great. So if your opponent hides in turn one, you don't have to waste a devastated doctrine. That's massive. But um but then Death Watch also got a strat to choose a selected doctrine for a certain unit. Um and I th- the other the other thing I like is the the the, the, the core space marine stratagem to activate all doctrines. I think kill teams can make great use of that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. Because you've got so many mixes in there, so yeah, um, and that's what I said about like you have that Dark Angel Warlord, and all of a sudden he's helping you out in certain instances as well. Um, yeah, there's some good like there's some good plays in this book that I'm so fascinated by it that there's too many tricks and combos that I think you could put into a list, which from a list building perspective is incredible. Um, so do you want me to go over my most broken one that I can I found so far? Yeah. Let's hit, hit, hit us with your most broken one. Let's go okay. for it. So imagine this. You rock up to the table and your opponent's got a Phobos Librarian and then another Librarian, right? And he's got a Corvus Black Star. So what you can do is make one unit with the Shrouding spell so it cannot be shot, okay? Um, you have your Heavy Intercessors on your front line and what they, if they're hidden, brilliant. So if, you, if your opponent can't even draw a line of sight or maybe you've got that you know, five-man unit of Eliminators um, are up front and then you've just got this five or your Spectorus kill team somewhere else. Um, but you've got one unit at the front that's ideally hidden and if you, ha- if you can't hide it, then obviously it's got a five-plus Feel No Pain, five-plus Invulnerable Save. You can put Transhuman on it and also give it, if it's damage one, where you ignore, you get plus one to your save and things. There's loads of ways to really buff this up, okay? But then you're going to basically, on your Spectorus kill team, which is your Infiltrators and your Eliminators, you can make them so they can't be shot because of Shrouding. What you're then going to do is play the Carson X power that we spoke about earlier, and then you're going to make another unit untargetable. For example, this could be a unit like Vanguard Vets or with Storm Shield's Power Fist. So they're not going to declare a charge turn one, but they just want to move up the table freely without being shot. Okay, so it's a really good delivery system for this unit. So now you've got two units that can't be shot. Then you put a Corvus Black Star behind these three, and then also now he can't be shot, which has also got another kill team inside. So you've got a Corvus with a kill team inside that can't be shot, another kill team that can't be shot, and then your other kill team that can't be shot, stood behind your unit that is near on unkillable. Yeah, that's the combo. Yeah. I'm calling it now. Items for the FAQ watch. But <laughs> uh, as it stands at the moment, there's, that's an incredible um, <laughs> it's an incredible combo. Um, absolutely horrible to come up against. And uh, yeah, let's hope uh, it gets, that gets FAQ before uh, I have to come and play it. I mean... <sighs> The thing is, is good for a turn, but 
it's when you go cool i'm gonna go and assault doctrine so i don't waste any of the good ones for me this turn yeah um and i've got some units in deep strike that you can't shoot and then i've in the unit whatever's stood at the back that i'm gonna make can't be shot i'm just gonna beacon and jealous across like those vanguard vets given the plus two charge from your chaplain so i mean it's a cool combination it's is one of those things that sounds real sexy, but is it actually going to be impractical on the table? I don't know. It does mean you need a Phobos librarian and a normal librarian. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, like I said, it there's might, a lot. It, yeah. It might be too much down that combo to all of a sudden that you've got this one trick that, okay, yeah, you do that for a turn. I'm just going to sit and hide. And then you've run out of CP and you've, and you've, and you've, you haven't got enough points left on the board to take, take a rest to, like, to get proper ball control and stuff like that. So the theory is great, but yeah, the practicalities might not work. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's where, um, you know, play testing and it's, it'll be fun. Um, to, it's, it's fun to sort of play around with those sort of ideas. Right. But I think, yeah, I think, you know, yeah, I, I think, I think Joe, yeah, Joe texted me earlier, says he's really interested in playing that list. So um, you've got uh, someone to play on that one. <laughs> he was like, I can't wait to get stuck in with this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With my um, Imperial Guard gun line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think there's some other, like I said, with the heavy intercessors, that's definitely going to be a combination I'm going to build into. I'd be tempted to put one Inceptor in that list. So you've got nine heavy intercessors and just having that one Inceptor, obviously for that turn when you need it, you can fall back and shoot with that unit. So I really like that ability. Um, you know, obviously we spoke about the Outriders. It sounds good on paper having five Outriders that are obsec, but is it that good? I don't know. Whereas what you can do is take, and obviously this missed the old FAQ, right? Which was interesting for the old Apothecary, but mm. nonetheless, you could take the old three ATVs in your backfield, just hide them, chill them, and then redeploy them with the Beacon and Jealous turn one, and then all of a sudden, um, yeah, they're, they're putting out some damage. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so that's exactly what you want in your phase turn one is three ATVs that can fall back and shoot, um, which, again, you can... I don't see why... Maybe there's some stacks there where you could give them a five-plus feel-no-pain because they're a biker unit, right? So they don't have yep. the core keyword, but they do have the biker keyword. So that does... Um, so you wouldn't be able to get the five-plus invulnerable save, um, but you might be able to get the five-plus feel-no-pain... Yes, yes, you can. You can get the five plus feel no pain on them, which is pretty good. Oh, um, I like the five up in, but not a garbage, mate. I put that in the bin. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but but it, like ATVs are a great looking unit. Uh, they're aggressively priced, and um, if you start slingshotting them across the board of any kind of defensive buff, they are they'll be a solid unit. Yeah, you know, if they're, or it could be. I mean. What I'm probably just going to lean into is five aggressors. Great. With the again, put them in a yeah, kill team. Yeah. Five heavy intercessors in the back with five of them. Redeploy them forward. Um, could be. I mean, plasma inceptors are still great, aren't they? Um, this oh, is yes. so. I mean, literally, pick a unit, stick it in. It'll do work. Uh, and that I think that's the beauty of this book is that there's just so many tricks and combinations, um, and you can really tall out these units to be exactly, um, you know, the the sort of 
the knife or scalpel that you want it to be. Um, and that's just really, really exciting. So, you know, I think we will see those builds where you've got three units of five intercessors and stuff and, uh, you know, three units of five combat squatting outriders. And maybe that list does work. Maybe the points are so efficient you can run five of those kill teams. But one of the things I am going to do on the Academy is go a full deep dive into the um, chapter approved rules for the secondaries and how all of these things can start to come in together. And then what I'm also going to do on the Academy is get out all the models that we have. Um, I'm going to go over some deployment types because deploying the Death Watch is absolutely crucial. You know what you put in reserve, what you don't. And this is really where you want to lean into the play style of the army. So I'm going to be doing a full army review of my list um, and I'm going to put together three different types of lists for obviously the students on there with different deployment styles for it, which secondaries you should take, which ones you should ignore, which ones it plays well into, which chapter tactics and traits you want to be building for, and also, you know, which specialisms you want to take on what types of builds and why. So I'm going to be putting all of that content over onto the Academy. And also stay tuned as we've got some really good Black Friday deals coming out soon. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for that as uh, it wouldn't be November if we didn't obviously uh, do a little bit of a Black Friday sale. Um, oh, very nice. And remember, for everybody that does sign up to the Academy, um, all, um, or should I say, proceeds will be going towards Movember. Uh, for each student that signs up, I donate a certain amount of money per student that signs up to Movember, um, as they're obviously a fantastic cause. And also, I've decided all YouTube revenue uh, that we make through YouTube ads will all be going to uh, Movember charity this month as well. So I'll look back at the end of November, uh, end of November to see how much money we generated, and I'll donate that in um, because we're so close to our target of a thousand uh, pounds. So um, I think we're literally sixteen pounds off it. So we should easily hit that um, that our target. Let's have a big drive in November. Let's. Um... Let's see how far we can get it. So uh, it's obviously for a great cause. So um, no, it's 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 great that um, that's all coming together. Yeah, and uh, I think it should be exciting to see what um, the Space Wolves that we're going to cover next. And again, I'll do all the same for the Academy. So there'll be army reviews, deep dives, um, unit combination stacks. And most importantly, we're going to have to teach the guys how to beat the Death Watch, unfortunately. Um, so that's all, all to come as well on the Academy. So anyway, guys, um, well, first of all, Jack, thanks so much for your time today. No, really enjoyable. It's uh, it's exciting time uh, with the Death Watch book and uh, with with the supplements starting to come in thick and fast. I imagine the the pace will be increased in the new year as well. So uh, lots of stuff to look forward to. No, honestly, did a fantastic job, and I think we really covered some good stuff. And very excited about all these new books coming out. And then we've got Blood Angels soon as well, which I cannot wait to do. Um, I'll probably do a masterclass on Blood Angels, um, which I'll probably put out to the public because uh, obviously that will be extremely interesting, I think, for people. So anyway, guys, thanks so much. Uh, remember, if you want to check out the Academy, head over to our website and you can see all of the offers there. Um, and if you want to see one of the lists that I'm going to put together for the Death Watch, then all you need to do is head over to www.vanguardtactics.com forward slash blog forward slash S2EP 13 and then you can see my um, list and all the links to our Movember charity are there and also if you want to get yourself a place on our academy then the link will be there for that as well so anyway take care guys and leave us a great review if you've liked this show and we'll see you next week on the competitive 40k podcast take care this podcast is brought to you by the Vanguard Tactics Academy
the only online coaching course for Warhammer 40,000. At the VT Academy, not only do we help you win more games in the right spirit of the game, we'll build confidence and we'll help you get more value and enjoyment from your hobby and take you through step-by-step guides for everything from starting your first army to tournament play to advanced tactics. Sign up at vanguardtactics.com.